Welcome back, ladies and gentlemen, to another episode of The Best Bets Show, presented by our fine sponsor, Bet Rivers, all made possible by our overlords at the Field of 68. It's Matty Naples, uh, his alter ego, your truly is hosting from uh, another remote satellite location, joined as usual by Jim and Kai, who took over the program yesterday in my Steve. Thank you, fellas, for um, carrying this presentation. Stead, Steve, Stead, Stead, same thing. You know what I meant? Um, so I was out uh, clearing my mind and, um, hoping to come back today with a, a best bet winner, something that continues to elude me, Jim, what did you learn yesterday? Or, um, maybe just how are you in general? We'll maybe start with that and then kind of go into the actual show. Um, yeah, I'm tired. Content. I'm yeah. sleepy. I need to mm-hmm. get more sleep. Uh, I learned that Adam Flagler matters. He had 29 for Baylor in their road win, mm. barely escaped. Did you guys see the almost buzzer beater for Oklahoma State? Yeah. yeah pretty cool. Insane. Uh, no, he got it off. He stepped out. He got it off on the game clock, but not the shot clock. Oh, that was the man. issue. So, yeah, wow. Uh, huge cool. win for New Mexico State at Seattle. Kai and I are holding whack futures on the Aggies. Love to see that. And my last takeaway is that Florida State is dead. Bury them mm-hmm. 10 feet under. That team is horrendous now. Kai, your thoughts? Yeah, yeah. well, uh, not too many. There are a couple of games, Matt. Your, your Hoosiers lost in overtime by 11. Uh, yep. Not great. They, they're looking good. I think they're they're up two with like mm, ten seconds or so, and they didn't play defense uh, on the last possession. Let them score, and then Xavier Johnson just kind of mm, just kind of chucks it up at the rim, gets blocked, goes overtime, lose by eleven. Tough for Indiana, Matt. They they might be in trouble for the for the old NCAA tournament. Yep, uh, squarely on the bubble, according to you and mm-hmm. other certified bracketologists. That not looking good. Yeah. Pretty tough gauntlet down the stretch, and winning on the road is not the easiest of the Big Ten, and certainly won't be very easy for a team that just has not won on the road in years. All right, let's go to the outline here. I don't have a lot to add to that conversation. It would basically be like a whole Indiana rant, but um, I don't need to go into that. No one's <laughs> to hear that. Um, we start off with Villanova, UConn, headlining today's outline. Pretty strong slate of games here for this Tuesday this line opened right around pick. I uh, actually had UConn as a slight favorite, Jim. Uh, this one will be played on their home turf. I had this circled as a prime spot, gut lean toward the Huskies. I just can't believe people have somehow um, bet this up almost to three in some spots. So I just, in a scenario in which Villanova is catching three points and against any Big East opponent, no matter where it's played, uh, that is certainly tempting. If it does touch three at some point today, I will be hopping in on the Wildcats. But what are you looking at here? Well, Matt, this one's at the Excel Center in Hartford. It's not the on-campus Gamble where I think they have a little bit more home court advantage. I agree with that. Yep. At Gamble than, uh, than at the Excel Center. Uh, the first game was weird, man. I, I would have thought UConn would dominate in the paint, just completely dominate this smaller Nova team. But Eric Dixon had 24 and 12 for the Wildcats. Villanova scored 1.3 points per possession while only taking 11 threes. It, it wasn't even like they were just gunning and opening up the floor that way. Didn't even need to. And Kai, they didn't have Justin Moore. So why mm-hmm. did UConn get crushed in that game? That was kind of an embarrassing effort from the Huskies. Is it a bad matchup or is it a revenge spot here? What do you think? Yeah, I, I just think it's a, it's a smart team versus a dumb team. I, I think Villanova is going to slice and dice them like they did the first matchup. And UConn, while extremely talented, uh, they just do dumb things. They're, they're not a very intelligent basketball team. Um, you're right. Eric Dixon killed him in the first game. He deserves more credit, too. Uh, he he's awesome. He's a great big guy and deserves more credit. Yeah. No, Justin Moore. And they still got up by 23 points in that game. That's, that's a sign. And I agree with Matt here. You're giving me Villanova plus two and a half in a conference game. 
yeah, I'm, I'm leaning towards the cats here, even though it's at UConn, even though it's going to be a good environment, even though it's a hype spot for the Huskies, Matt. Yeah, I guess the only counter to the this line feels wrong take is you just look at the first time these two teams played. Um, it was what Villanova minus four, very short spread, by the way. It seemed like that was a time when people were snoozing on Villanova. And UConn no, Justin was, Moore was part of that. And no, Justin Moore, I think, brought that money down. So now that this line has flipped uh, roughly, what, six points, six and a half points, does make sense just when you look at that, juxtapose those two spreads next to each other. But I think the prevailing wisdom, uh, in my book at least, is what Kai mentioned. You, know, you can catch Nova at three. Uh, you probably have to, to pay some juice to get that hook up to three. I think that's the right play here, um, as juicy as his spot is. And Jim also mentions, um, you're right, it won't be that like intimate home crowd in stores that probably won't have the same juice. But um, we'll see how that plays. I All sort right, of like another... the under on the total. Yeah, so yeah, the, yeah, to- yeah. the numbers a lot too. higher than last game was, like a lot higher, like almost 10 points higher, I think, um, which is insane. More matters for that, but uh, I think that's a little crazy. I have a hard time taking a stance on side here, Matt, just because I have a sizable Villanova to win the Big East futures position. So just kind of already have a, a bet on this game in a way. Yeah, there you go. Uh, yeah, 137, Jim. Just be a little bit high, just given I think Nova is more of the pace dictator in this one. Um all right, next matchup here, we are looking at Florida hosting Arkansas. Kai, pick suey, SEC tilt. I like the home, not dog anymore. It's been bet up to Florida minus one at some shops, but now it's kind of back to Florida pick plus one. Uh, our fine sponsors at Bet Rivers are doing me a solid by keeping it at Florida plus one because teaser, well, I guess no longer it's going to be spoiled. This is my best bet. I think Florida gets it done here at home, plain and simple. Uh, just seeing what Colin Castleton was able to do against Auburn over the weekend. I think they now have that like linchpin interior fortress that we saw earlier in the season. I know Arkansas has been red hot, but it's the same narrative that we talked about in that Auburn going to Florida game, Auburn home road, Arkansas home road, two different teams, your thoughts. Yeah. I, yeah. The, the road splits are not kind to Arkansas. Uh, they do have three SEC road losses and then their wins are shorthanded LSU, Mizzou, Georgia Ole Miss. So essentially the four worst teams in the conference plus a shorthanded LSU team who couldn't beat anybody. Both teams coming off huge wins, the Tennessee game for Arkansas, the Auburn game for Florida. But Arkansas is just too hot, man, for, for me to get in front of right now. Covered eight in a row, 11 of the last 12. Pretty sure their pressure is going to bother Florida again in this one. And I think they have enough muscle to battle Castleton. Um, I, I just think the Hogs are at a different level right now, Jim. So I think it's pretty cheap to get to that minus one slash pick. Yeah, I'm with you, Kai. I, I kind of wanted to be like, oh, Arkansas on the road off a big win. I don't like that. But they're five and two against the spread on the road this year. This is not like a typical yeah. away from Bud Walton, they have no chance kind of team. I don't trust Mike White at all, uh, especially off of a big performance. It seems like they could really have a, even more of a letdown than Arkansas. Uh, probably would be more of an under bet for me than anything. Uh, just, just don't really have a lot of lean on a side here, unfortunately. Well, I mean, I guess we'll see how this plays out. Sorry, I was looking at the uh, chat here. A little back and forth debate on the old buy half points. Uh, yes, a, uh, a, a common dispute. Jim and Kai hate this. All right, that's fine. I'll be on my island. <laughs> not not Two, in three, five, and sometimes seven. I, go, will Matt, go, I want you points. to go run your math on that. I have. I've done the math. It's it's plus EV, baby, especially if you're a plus EV better, which I guess I have not been from a best bets perspective this year. But typically, Jim, uh, it's actually wise to buy the half points to those key oh. numbers if you think you have an edge. But hey, it's also largely because or it's largely your own decision. And it's kind of a hedge against your emotional psyche because you don't want to not buy that half point if it does not cover by a hook. Um, all right. Next game here. Iowa hosting Michigan State. 
Um, another game I think we all have a pretty strong opinion on. We had the same discussion uh, or one very similar when Iowa was hosting Michigan. I believe that game opened around uh, six and a half, uh, six, and we all just kind of had, really, Iowa minus six over Michigan? And Michigan covered that game. And now we have a deja vu scenario, Mr. McKeon, in which I think we're all looking at this one saying, Sparty's catching six. Mm-hmm. Now you have to caveat with the obvious Iowa, <laughs> awesome at home, Michigan State sort of reeling, but feels like too many points for me. Uh, it is too many, Matt. <clears throat> it's my best bet. Michigan State plus six. I, I had some of this at seven last night. And, and what planet is that the correct spread? I, I do not understand whatsoever. These teams, in my mind, are pretty much equal. So even if you give Iowa four, even five points for home, that's still a huge, huge number to lay here. I know Iowa's up to 16 in Kempom. They still have one Q1 win this year. They have one win against the top 45 in Kempom. This is not a super great team. The Ohio state win was impressive, but this is just too much, man. Michigan state. Yeah. Lost four or five, but Tyson Walker, his performance late last game was the reason people were excited for him to come to East Lansing in the first place. Hopefully he uses that as a jumping off point. They get their offense a little bit back. Uh, and, and they're in defensively. I think they're, they're able to at least contain. Iowa's uh, supernova offense. So I like Michigan state here plus six. It is my best bet, Jim. Yeah, I'm with you. It's too high. I, this number was, I, I rarely recently, Kai, have said anything to you and Matt about a number that like jumped off the page at me, but I was like, what is this? Why? What's yeah. going on here? Michigan State's competitive. They're, they're going to hang around in this one. Uh, I think they've got, I don't, maybe they don't have perfect guys to match up with the Murrays, but th- there's at least enough there. Izzo should have a solid game plan. I know he's been disappointed with their effort lately. You'd have to think at some point that's going to come around. He, he He's just kind of too good of a motivator. Um, I was only nine and seven against the spread at home. That surprised me. They're, they're not uh, yeah, like the invincible juggernaut, the Auburn or the Texas tech where a team has just been unbelievable covering numbers at home. So I'm not as terrified of them as I typically am. Michigan state's reeling, but this is kind of a buy low spot. And I, I think this, the number is, is what it is because of Michigan state struggles, but that's, it's too high. Yeah, I found the uh, there's a two by two graphic that someone tweeted about the shot quality Iowa, a team that we I think we associate with getting the utmost top notch quality shots, you know, buoyed by the elite shears that they have. But really, they actually haven't been getting um, super high quality looks so far in Big Ten play. So there is, I think, some reason to believe that some regression is in store. I also think Michigan State is those forwards because can't continue to play as poorly as they have. And they've been really carried by that guard, uh, that backcourt. Tyson Walker had his breakout game last game. Uh, Hogard's obviously been terrific, but Gabe Brown needs to wake up. Uh, obviously a key, uh, key piece in this matchup here. All right, let's go to our last game here before we get to chat uh, round one. Headed out west. We had a Mountain West showdown gym. Uh, we're going up to Boise. In fact, uh, potato country where the Broncos will be hosting San Diego State, this is a rematch of one of the ugliest games I've watched to date this season in the first one. I believe they prevailed, or um, the, the the Broncos prevailed at Viejas um, in a rock fight, just disgusting affair. Now they're going back up on uh, to you know the Pac Northwest area and only catching two points. It does feel a little short, I'll be honest, but I think my gut does lean toward the Aztecs. What's your take on this one? Yeah, Big time split decision in the chat on this one. There are a couple guys on, on each side, I think. Uh, I am on the under best bet. Boom. I I think the under was easy money in the first game, not even 80 points, but there's some things from that that I think you can take away for this matchup. Uh, Boise state's not really going to score inside. They're a team that likes to drive, not a ton of shooting outside of Shaver and sometimes Dagenhart. And that's, you you can't do that against San Diego state's pack line. And I I think San Diego state's just poor offensively. And they've got a lot, 
a lot riding on Matt Bradley's performance. Kai, you can throw ACOT or Keygab at him, and he, he could struggle with the athleticism, the length. Man, that, that first one had some weird extenuating circumstances with schedule. Uh, San Diego State off a of COVID pause. Boise at the end of a condensed schedule because of a COVID pause. So it's probably why it was, you know, so ugly. But 120 is still high enough for me to take the under. It's a little bit against market, but I like the under, Kai. Yeah, let's remind the people at home. 42 to 37 was the score of the first game. That was one of the ugliest games. Maybe the ugliest game of the season. Uh, Boise's resume rocks. They're a tournament lock, and they're in line for a pretty good seed here. San Diego State's getting better, but they could use another big win. That road win at Fresno is huge. This would be enormous towards solidifying uh, their spot in the field. Number one defense in the country right now, San Diego State. That is incredible. It's so hard to score on this team. Mountain West opponents are shooting 42.5% from two. That is the lowest in the conference. San Diego State is blocking nearly 17% of their opponent's shots. That's Nate, Nate Minsa. Uh, killing it inside, and they lead the league in turnover rate. So while Boise yeah. is a better offensive team than San Diego State, I think the Aztecs are so good defensively. I also think this is their game. So I, I do lean towards San Diego State at plus two. Yeah, a lot going on here. I mean, so let's just start with the total first. It's Jim's best bet. Uh, did close 124 in that first matchup. So now it opened 119. It's actually been but up to 121. So if you're um, if you're buying what Jim's putting down, you actually got two extra points of value there. I think the under makes a ton of sense. I mean, first of all, Boise, you just got um, Emmanuel Acott back last game. He looked like a shell of himself, did not provide much of anything on offense after missing the prior, what, three or four games. San Diego State, we've talked about how much we loved the return of Lamont Butler being a catalyst to the offense. He's really done nothing to help that offense. I mean, him and Trey Pulliam don't really offer a lot from an offensive scoring perspective. It's a, it's a lot of Matt Bradley. Uh, a lot of reliance on like Baker Mazar to make shots and just to, it, there's really no diversity in the offensive options for the Aztecs. So I, I think they struggle to score here, especially on the road. Agree with my colleague, Jim, uh, nothing else to add. It's chat mob time. Who's my czar today? You Dance. know who, you know who your czar is. Jim, start us off. It's, it's clarified in our private group chat before the show. You always act like it's a surprise. It adds to the mystery of the viewership, Jim. Like, ooh, it's going to be Kai or Jim, ooh, which is why everyone tunes in, obviously. Right? That's the best yeah, part of that's, the show. That's, yeah, that's it. All right, Matt, from Scott H., Rhode Island at St. Bonaventure. He loves Ew. the Bonnies, thinks they're rolling. Do you agree? Uh, yeah, I don't like the Bonnies land this many points against a team that anecdotally should be a pretty good underdog in Rhode Island. Although at this point, I'm just kind of all the way out on right on in general. So um, I think it's a little high to be honest, but not in any rush to, uh, to take the Rams. Kai, you yep. get our alma mater hosting Tennessee, yeah. Tennessee off the oh, loss at Arkansas. Tigers are, are kind of in a condensed schedule spot themselves. They played Friday. They played Sunday. Now they're playing Tuesday, three and five days. What do you think? <sighs> Ten and a half. <laughs> it might be a touch too high. We've seen Mizzou compete at home. It's not a lot of confidence in that, but it feels a little bit high. Tennessee might just be like a little bit sleepy this one. Although Tennessee anecdotally tends to kill the, the worst SEC teams, tends to play better against the lower competition. Yeah. Tennessee plays Auburn this weekend. Maybe you get some look ahead there. Yeah. I, I lean towards Mizzou, but I'm not, I don't, I don't really bet Mizzou games much anymore because my pessimism overrides my objective handicapping. Yeah. All right, Matt, in the CAA, a couple of people call this a fishy line. Uh, Charleston at Northeastern Charleston, I think has been bet to a favorite on the road. Northeastern has been maddening this year. What do you think? Yeah. I wonder if it's related to John Meeks um, key injury for the Cougars. I mean, he's probably one of the more important guys to his respective teams in the country. I think he's nursing a knee injury right now and they're in the midst of like a four 
games in eight days stretch. So there's a chance he's out. I'm guessing the money is probably implying that he plays, but he's probably not going to play a lot. Um, so I don't know. A lot to kind of unpack here. I don't really want to bet on Northeastern though either. So I'd stay away. Fair. Uh, Kai in the Big Ten, two, maybe not the two worst teams, but Northwestern has certainly struggled. They are hosting Nebraska. Do they blow out the Cornhuskers <clears throat> who that's kind of their thing? They get blown out. I don't know if Northwestern can blow them out. I, I I see Northwestern winning by like 20 or something like that. And then Nebraska makes a comeback in the second half makes it a little bit interesting. I'd probably lean towards Nebraska at plus 11. Yeah. I'm, that's Great. a, that's a hard, not touch for me. Not touching it, but yeah. lean. Yeah. Uh, Matt in the Mac, Northern Illinois <laughs> at Eastern Michigan, two teams that have, I don't know, kind of been going in different directions. I feel like Northern Illinois has played a little better in league play. Whereas Eastern Michigan has stunk. Anything for you on that one? Yeah, the price does feel a little short with Eastern Michigan, a team I've been backing stubbornly most of the season. I finally watched this team play, and I think Jordan Majeski pointed out how poor their shot selection was. And when you finally get a chance to see it, and I hadn't watched them in over a month, um, it is it is bad. And they have talent, but the the shot selection intelligence just isn't there. So I'm in no longer trusting this mode, uh, no longer trusting this team mode, so not backing them, even though I think it is a little short. Yep. Uh, Kai in the Summit League, like show, asking about St. Thomas, who I believe covered by mm. a half point this weekend. The Tommy South Dakota State, what a job, breaking their 11-game losing streak against the number. They are on the road at North Dakota. They're playing they're, currently. Oh, really? It's going live, on right now. Huh? Live Halfway bet. through the first half, yeah. Live bet. Wow. Okay. Uh-huh. Why is it's tied up 17-16 right halfway through the first half. Live bet. I would take yeah. the Nodex. I think it's, I think it's I, a short spread. I, I kind of thought Thomas was going to win outright. That was my pre-show that was thoughts. also my lean i'm glad it's tied yeah. so we're not like influenced by that i, yeah. I thought st thomas was going to win get their yeah. first summit league win in the history of their d1 existence but who knows yeah. we shall see weird weird game man is that on am i football yeah, we let off at that that was poor time schedule management by us that's on me yeah. hand up as the host sorry game tipped at 10 we wouldn't have gotten it in beforehand sorry yeah. Uh, from tim kafer and several others apparently our good buddy jeff parles on vison has yale as a road favorite against Dartmouth, lane three. Matt, do you agree with him? Yeah, it feels a little short. And I and I like Dartmouth a lot. So the fact that I'm leaning that way, I think tells you that's a pretty good, a pretty good spot. But uh, especially in the Ivy where I continue to believe that home court is basically non-existent right now. Yeah, first game was a battle at Yale. I watched most mm-hmm. of that game. Uh, both teams had a, a young forward emerge and have big games. Maybe that happens again. Uh, yeah, I still like Yale, though. I just think they're better. Kai out west from the Paris. His lock was the Bakersfield poly under. Oh, that yes. seems like it seems like some <laughs> the direction you got to lean to hideous offenses. Uh, anything else for you on that one? I'm looking at the total. Yeah, sure. 126, 126 and a half. Yeah, I guess I lean that way. I don't know. I don't trust either team. I guess I lean towards Bakersfield, but they've been terrible. Minus two seems short. It does seem short. I want Kai there. Uh, all right, Matt, one more. Actually, two more. We'll go back to the chat. Graham Haynes asking about Georgia at Texas A&M. Do the Aggies blow out Georgia in this one? Uh, no, it's not a team that I trust to blow out anyone, to be honest. Um, but it is Georgia, and I think this game will play a little faster. Than, I mean, the total's pretty high, though. Now I look at 146. Whoa. Um, ah, no take here for me. Under, if anything. That does seem a little bit high, doesn't it? For two whatever offenses? Yeah, Georgia's played a lot faster in league play. They are. They, yeah, back to the old cream ways. So, yeah. Yep. Uh, all right, last one before we move back to the outline from Fondell. UNLV at Nevada. I will take this one because I just saw the run in Rebs in person on Saturday. They looked awesome. I, I actually think they have uh, some potential juice for a Mountain West tournament run since they're hosting it. 
and been playing a lot better lately. Hamilton can be the best player on the floor at any time. Wait, this is our on the in the rundown. You know the Nevada. Really? Yeah, it's the last game. Oh wow! I oh yeah, it's it our last game. Wow. Forgot. All right, gonna holster my takes then. <laughs> I hinted at them, but I did not give them. People are gonna have to interpret what I was, what angle I was going for there. There was a butt coming. We'll put it that way. All right, back to the outline, Matthew. Lead us. Yep, we're going to Nashville, Tennessee, Mr. McCann. We're talking Vanderbilt mm-hmm. hosting Alabama. Crimson Tide had a hot first half against Kentucky, a Kentucky team without Severe Wheeler and Ty Ty Washington. They just could not guard anything in the second half. And Kellen Grady went full blown nuclear explosion there. Um, did not cover. Now they get a short spread, only laying four against a Vanderbilt team that will be without Rodney Chapman, a guy who I think is paramount to a relatively thin backcourt. However, uh, Liam Robbins is looking like his old self. And when I say old, I mean back to Minnesota and Drake ways. Uh, two straight starts, um, basically had his best game of the year against Texas A&M. So that's really the key to this handicap. It's like, what is this Vanderbilt team without Rodney Chapman, but now with the healthy Liam Robbins, especially in this matchup against Alabama, who can really exploit more slower plotting bigs on the perimeter? Uh, well, Alabama's 2-10 and 10 against the spread their last 12. That stat Man, shocked that me. That seem bad. They have not been playing very well. And Vanderbilt, 5-1 and one ATS, uh, last six, but Chapman's been lineups. Without Chapman, I don't really trust Vanderbilt. I think he really is an important piece for them, even with uh, healthy Lee and Robbins here. It's interesting. There's a couple uh, record SEC standings angles here. Alabama's trying to avoid going sub-500, and if Vanderbilt wins – They'll actually tie Alabama in the standings, which is crazy. Is uh, they already have their most SEC wins since 2018, Vanderbilt does. So Stackhouse getting that program back. Four feels a little bit cheap to me, but on the road, Alabama can lose to anyone, which you kind of said about Arkansas earlier. Mizzou, Georgia, they have losses. Two and six against the spread on the road. Vanderbilt probably thinks it's a winnable game. Without Chapman, I, I don't really try to trust them, Jim. Yeah, I, this is a stay away. I think a lot of Alabama games are going to be stay aways for me. Uh, even at home, they've let a lot of teams in the back door when they've been playing well, they still, you know, they can't cover a minus five or a minus seven because they can't finish. They can't close late. They don't get good shots when the defense is, is really focused on taking away the rim. They end up just heaving threes and they're not that good a shooting team. That's kind of the, the sneaky or maybe not secret with them this year. They just, it's a team that takes a ton of threes. It doesn't make any, it's a problem. Uh, so Matt, yeah, if Chapman was in, I might be tempted to take Vandy with him out. I'm going to stay away. I just, I don't like betting the tide right now. Yeah. Just to clarify, I know someone the chat mentioned, uh, yeah, Chapman's been out the last two games, but I think they keep the point I'm trying to make or the point we're trying to set here is now he's out, but you have full Robbins back and then his third game. So like you kind of have the, the, the two dynamics intersecting um, in unison there. I kind of shocked the total been bet up in a game where you. Th- Matt, you muted yourself. You muted yourself, buddy. You still muted yourself. You're still muted. You're still muted. You're still he, muted. He doesn't know what he's doing. <laughs> he's just completely lost. All right, Kai, let's let's be adults and continue talking here. Let's I love technology. Can- let's go to Kansas State at Kansas. Matt will maybe someday figure out. Maybe you're muted in the testing Zoom. Testing one, Matt. two. Testing. Hey. Yes, he's in the Zoom. Yes, he's in the Zoom. Yes, he's in the Zoom, Jim. Thank yeah. you. Um, my awesome point was, I'm surprised his total's been bet up. I think Liam Robbins is an under-type player, so I'm a little confused why the total was bet up from 151 to 154. Um, Alabama just played its slowest game of the year, basically, against Kentucky, weirdly. 170 points, but it was only 64 possessions. Maybe an undertake then for the boys as we kind of talk ourselves into it. Um, No. 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 (laughs) Betting Bama games, no. not not Yeah, maybe not. All right, let's go to the uh, huge rivalry, obviously. Kansas-Kansas State. 
Kai, this one's going to be in fog. Allen first matchup was mm. uh, super close. I believe Ochai Baji had the, uh, the buzzer beater, basically the, the big shot late to propel the Jayhawks over K state. Now, as awesome as the octagon of doom is K state's actually been awesome as a road uh, team against the spread this season. So now they're going to Kansas. Uh, I'll be honest the spread feels a little bit short. I was hoping to back my purple kittens here, but I thought the number was a little too low for a Kansas team that's playing for the most part really well lately. Yeah, they, they are in one seed position according to the committee and, and they're in conference tournament pole position right now in, in the big 12, but K-State's not dead in terms of the tournament selection right now. They need this win. They could really use this win. Yeah. K won by three in the octagon, but K-State was up by 17 in that game, they know they can compete with Kansas. Nigel Pack, 35 points in that game. KU obviously has the advantage inside with McCormick. But K-State's been outworking opponents all season. They really have that physical, scrappy mindset. I think 12 and a half is a little bit high. I think this play is closer than that. I, I know Kansas is great at the fog. It's a big rivalry. I don't think they'll sleepwalk. But 12 and a half feels a touch high for a very, very, very motivated Kansas State team. Yeah, it was a slight lean to K-State on the spread for me. Just just felt a little bit high. Kyle, you mentioned Pack just going absolutely bonkers in the first meeting. Maybe that's not repeatable, but uh, I do think they can spread Kansas out a little bit, take advantage of some of their defensive foibles that they've had this year. That said, I kind of like the under, which is you know maybe a little surprising. Matt, I believe you were on the under in the first game, and they, these two combined yes. for a billion points in the first 10 minutes. It was like, yep. okay, under has no chance. <laughs> I don't see that happening again. Uh, I know Kansas is a better offensive team than defensive, but I think this will be kind of slower with the rivalry angle. Last game was only 66 possessions. I think we see something similar. So I'm leaning towards the under. Yeah, I like the under. I, in general, though, I'm trying to talk myself back into my purple kittens here. I, just the fact that if Bruce Weber gets this win uh, probably puts him on the right side of the tournament picture. And we've talked about how, uh, how much is at stake for him this season and making the tournament. Uh, so certainly you can see him putting – uh, overtime into the old scouting report and the Kansas state coming out with a pretty awesome effort, especially knowing that they played them so well uh, in the first game at home. So we'll see how that plays out. Uh, next game here, going to big 12 country. I uh, like staying in big 12 country, Texas tech hosting Oklahoma gym. The under screams at you jumps off the page. Just given the nature of these two teams talked about how good Texas tech's been at home. One of those uh, pretty large chasm between home and road performance and now Oklahoma basically on their last leg uh, without Mr. Harkless. I think it's dire for the Sooners. And Porter Moser can only do so much with this roster. So what are you looking at here? Texas Tech minus 10, other best bet. I, I think they crush them. No Harkless is a problem. Uh, Oklahoma won by 15 in the first meeting, but it's mostly because Texas Tech forgot to guard Mo Gibson. Yeah. Gave up 30 to him. He was 8 for 11 from deep. I have a feeling Mark Adams is going to make a couple adjustments defensively. He's a wizard on that end. Uh, I just trust this home crowd. I, I trust this team at home in Lubbock and with shorthanded Oklahoma really reeling Kai and the revenge angle. It all adds up to red Raiders for me. Yeah. Texas Tech's insane. Also, by the way, swept Baylor swept Texas beat Kansas might get a two seed that they are doing so well this season. It, it's incredible. And game one. Yeah. OU one by 15, but Shannon, maybe not hundred percent that game. Everyone else was, was healthy. So let's not use that as an angle, but Texas tech was two for 17 from three. Terrible, terrible, terrible. I don't think they shoot that, that poorly again. And Jim, OU, to your point, 13 threes in the first matchup. Doubt that's repeatable. Yeah. Turned it over 18 times. That's definitely repeatable, yes. especially without Harkless. Uh, they just lost by 21 to Iowa State. Had 16 turnovers without him in the lineup. He's huge. Um, I, I do think Texas Tech takes this one. Minus 10, Jim. 
sounds like a fair spread, but I lean your way for sure. Yeah, not a huge yeah, numerical I, edge for me. This is just mostly yeah, situational right. spot, Oklahoma kind of crapping out without Harkless. Yeah. yeah, this is where I just need to kind of ignore my number on these two teams and just say, really, Oklahoma's going to go in and compete with Texas Tech in Lubbock, which no team has all season, especially without Harkless and basically down to, I don't know, two and a half good offensive players, three, depending on how hot Mo Gibson is on a, on a game-to-game basis. I think Jim's got the right side there. Uh, and Jim, I'm going to throw it right back to you for our final game of the outline, which you so started to eloquently break yeah, down oops. in our chat mob. So this is UNLV at Nevada uh, up in Reno. So Jim, just pick up where you left off. What are you looking at here? Yeah, UNLV has been trending up, like I was saying earlier, but I think this is where they run into some trouble. They, they took care of Nevada at home, but Grant Sherfield did not play. That is the, the bad version of Nevada. Now that they've got him back in the lineup, they've actually been kind of good lately, surging a little bit, trending back up to where we thought they might be. Um, so going on the road, the market has already bet this up to two and a half. Uh, so if you want to lay it, that's probably a little dicier than the pick that it was, but certainly lean towards Nevada. I think the spot sets up really well for them. I hope UNLV loses because I want their odds for the MWC tourney to go back up like a Ooh. week ago, it was 28 to one Kai, and then they beat Colorado state and it's 12 to one. So hmm. I'd like to see something in the 15 to 20 range on my reps. Yeah. I was part of this problem. I, I grabbed Nevada pick yesterday at the open because i thought it was absolutely crazy oh cool guy absolutely crazy jim come on pick give me a break i i know nevada hasn't been playing well and unlv has but these teams are not that different uh from a neutral standpoint unlv won the first matchup but there's no surefield in that game he's only the best player on nevada's entire that. roster i'm reiterating it I'm jim because it's important yeah. warm washington might be out again but unlv can't really exploit the middle that's not really their strength royce ham is the only guy that does damage down there. He does a lot of damage in the glass, but it's a jump shooting team. It's led by Hamilton. Uh, I think the Wolfpack will be fine here. They're going to get this win against their in-state rival. Um, so Nevada, minus two and a half is going to bid up there, but I still lean their way. Yeah, like I said, it's been bet up pretty sharply. I just kind of like the red, the Rebs here. Uh, the preseason, I thought these two teams were pretty damn near close. Uh, people thought that was crazy because everyone was all in on this Wolfpack team. And I think Jim and I were in on this Rebs team. We're starting to see that come around. Would like to be catching another point if I could back him here, so I'm not going to rush to jump in. But I do lean the Rebs at the current number, uh, and I won't go through another endorsement of buying the hook to three because that just will incite a lot of fury in the chat mob. And Kai and Jim are shaking their heads emphatically. All right, chat mob round two. Let's do it. I roll, Jim. Yep, hard eye roll at you. Uh, all right, Renzo Bros and others. Kai asked about Miami, Florida, headed to Pitt. The Panthers playing a little bit better with Ithiel Horton in the lineup, giving them some offensive juice. Mm-hmm. But Miami is is right in the thick of the bubble race. Can't take a bad loss here. What do you think? Uh, I think the spread's fair. I'd probably lean towards Miami minus four, but I got nothing strong. Fair. All right. Quick, nice and easy. I like it. Matt, I like a side in this game. I'm curious if you lean the same way. From Joe Gunderson, Richmond headed to G-Wash. What do you think? Oh, man. I mean, I've been stubbornly backing Richmond quite a bit. Uh, they've just for a team who I think is well coached has a knack for blowing leads. And I, I think they you know could potentially do something similar here. They're going to Westford. Yeah. G wash where they're catching seven now been bet up and I like my colonials. Now they're playing better, especially at home. So I would actually lean with my home colonials here. Jamie and Christian, the boys. I do as well. They've been sneaky competent lately. Yep. Imp- impressed by the, the colonials. Only right. A year and a half late. Kaya two pack from Ryan Abramowitz in the Mac. Central Michigan headed to Ohio. That's your first inquiry. Uh, big spread. I lean towards Central Michigan plus 17, but I have no confidence fading Ohio. 
they've been so I'm on much my chips. more competent I'm on my chips, baby. in league play. It's it's yep. really remarkable the turnaround they've had. Boopy, Boopy Miller. Especially defensively, guys. They were like maybe the worst defensive team in the country in non-con. Mm-hmm. I would openly laugh at them. But now their defense is better than their offense in league play. Like, how about that? Seventh yep. in the league in, in defense. It's, yeah, I had that so kind of mini roster purge, sort of like a reset, rejuvenation type of thing. Yeah, I like this team. I don't like, I don't love this night. I like this team relative to 18 points, I guess, or 17 yeah. points. Uh, Matt, how about Buffalo? They've been playing a little better lately since their sleepy effort against Ohio. Taking on Miami of Ohio on the road. Delonte Brown is back. What do you think? I lean Buffalo here. I've been a stellar Miami backer since they got Delonte Brown back. I don't trust this team's defense, and Buffalo historically scores at will against Miami. It's just a kryptonite type of matchup. Buffalo, we always reiterate this. They have a just a monstrous edge against the middle to lower teams in the match, just with their athleticism and size and talent. So I do lean the Buffalo, the Bulls, the running Bulls on the road, laying five and a half. Road flip flop there too, with yep. Buffalo having lost at home to Miami, Florida, or Miami, Ohio earlier in the year. Kai, out west, actually not that far west, in Colorado, the Rockies, Air Force hosting Fresno State. Somebody asked about the under. It's low. These teams are very ugly and slow yep. offensively. What do you think? Yeah, I'd probably lean towards the under. I'd also probably lean towards Air Force just a little bit. Um, I think Octave is back. I, yep, I, I didn't actually check. Yep. So, yeah, I lean towards Air Force. They're super scrappy at home. Fresno hasn't looked super crisp last couple of games. Yeah, they went like no cover, no cover, no cover without Octave. He came back, boom, cover against Wyoming. So. Uh, that he matters. It's important to have him in there. Matthew, back to the A-10. St. Joe's at SLU from Fondell. Do the Bills get it back on track tonight? Uh, I tend to think so. The question is, can I cover 11, Jim? And again, I just don't love fading St. Joe as a semi-large-ish dog because they kind of have that backdoor potential. They have some shot makers um, who can hit some shots late in that garbage time. And I know Slew's a better free throw shooting team in the past, but it's still not a team I'd really trust to put teams away. So I would stay away, if anything. Matt, do you know that Slew has been awesome covering as a double-digit favorite recently? Has they really this year? They are, well, in their last 10 games as a program, 8-2 and two against the spread, laying double okay. digits, 10-0 um, hmm. outright. Like, they've been really good. So. It's a different team than last year, yeah. Give it, uh, Jimerson and Yuri Collins can actually make jumpers now, so I guess I buy it. Yeah, I think this year they're 5-2, and two, and then they were 3-0 to end the year last year, so. Not, not bad. Uh, Data right, Matt, right back to you because I know you love your ball boys. Three men we top 10 fan says that Stucky likes Ball State plus eight and a half today at Kent State. Do you agree? I do. I agree. Yeah, I do. It's a good spot as well. It's been bet down, so you missed a point of value. But I, I love Kent State as well, so it's hard to emphatically fade them. But, yes, I still net love my Cardinals more. I would still take eight and a half uh, for a teeny tiny peanut. Yeah, Kent State has played like – perfect for three weeks now they just beat toledo Multiple and ohio too. they've won yeah. eight <clears throat> they've won eight in a row feels like maybe a letdown midweek spot for them where ball state can hang around uh all right i believe that is it for the chat mob not seeing any that i missed <clears throat> i will try to get Jim my voice back and then one of you can start with best bets actually no it's me crap all right uh san diego state boise state under 120 that was my first best bet and Texas Tech minus 10. That is my other. I already gave those both out, so the explanations are earlier in the show. Kai, I believe you've given your best bet as well. I have indeed, Jim. I took Michigan State plus six. Just think it's too high. Too high, says Kai. Matthew? Yeah, I took Florida plus one. Uh, let me know if that spread has changed or if I recorded you took the wrong it, line. It I think it's plus one. I take it up to minus one. If you're shopping other books, I take it up to minus one. I think the Gators get it done at home. A team I like at home against road pick suey. It's a little bit of home road split there for me. 
All right. That's all we got. Um, hey, folks, I'll be back tomorrow repping the Safari oh, hat. New hopefully. Mexico, Utah State. I do believe that was Astro there, so I don't want to. Oh, yeah, yeah, good call. Um, Let's get it. I don't have a take there, to be quite honest. Do either of you? Why do we not like our logos, Jim? Just because it's right too I, short. Away from, away from home, not as not great. the same team. I like them at the pit, but yeah, I don't know. It's it's a it's a weird game. New Mexico so reliant on tough shot making that they're erratic and high variance. Yeah, uh, and altitude never a, a great proposition. All right, good good one at the horn there. Uh, well, again, back tomorrow, same time as usual, kids. Uh, good luck tonight, and uh, we will see you. same time, same place.